Hi, and welcome to Zen Mama and Everyday Gurus. I'm Kimberly DeRule. Welcome, everyone, and thanks for coming back. Um, I'm really excited to be off this little hiatus that I had. I took a break for a few weeks just to regroup after our Healers series, which was so amazing and so needed right now as we're all navigating our way through um, the challenges that we're all feeling and finding the light and moving forward. And our healers are just giving us more and more tools of resiliency. So I've been really happy to have them on. Um, And then I took a pause because uh, quite honestly, and those of you that have been following me for a while, know I started this podcast with my daughter, Caitlin, and she wanted the term the addict as her identity on the podcast. And, you know, and I thought of rebranding since many of you know, she relapsed back in January and hasn't been able to, to join me and won't probably for the foreseeable future. Anyway, let's always hold space for hope around that. Um, But in the spring, I was going to rebrand it. And I suddenly felt really sad about changing the name because I felt like at some level at that point in time, it felt like I might be giving up on her. Um, And having traveled that for a little bit longer here, I then began to think about like the power of our words and this idea of this label that she identifies so um, well with, unfortunately. Um, But I thought, you know, what if, what if I do shift it to just everyday gurus? Cause that's who I've been having on. And, you know, are people in recovery, not our modern day prophets anyway, right? There's so much wisdom that we can all gain by their journey. And they have so much light that comes in and they share. And so I thought, you know, maybe it gives the opportunity for Caitlin to begin to identify with herself in a different way, energetically too or any of you that are struggling um, right now. So um, this is the path that aligns with me right now and how I want to be sharing these wonderful people that come on the podcast. So now we are Zen Mama and Everyday Gurus, and I'm just so blessed to be on this journey and to have the guests that I have on today. Um, Kimberly is somebody that I met a few years ago. Somebody connected us knowing we were on similar paths around health and healing and coaching and yoga. Um, and, you know, also had daughters that were struggling with addiction. So I got to meet this beautiful soul and um, been able to watch her journey grow. And I'm so blessed to have her come on today, just because I haven't really been able to have a mom on yet to talk about what this is like, and how we ride this journey and what we learn and what we want to share to help those of you on this journey. So so happy to have her. I'm going to let you, I'm going to let her tell you about all the hats she wears. She is a coach. She's a speaker. She's a writer. She's an influencer. She's a mom. She's many, many things. And I'll, I'll let her share the details of that, but I just want to give a warm welcome to you today. Welcome Kimberly. Thank you, Mary. I'm so excited to be the first mom and I have a new title of everyday guru. So yeah, <laughs> I've never uh, been called that before. So there's that. Uh, another hat to wear. Uh, I'll own it. I love it. Um, yeah, Mary covered it. I think a lot. I, I am so happy to be a mom and a, and a wife and our family. It lives in Vermont and uh, our two dogs are always around. They may, you may hear them. I saw yours, Mary. Yeah. <laughs> you may hear mine too. <laughs> There's one snoring right here. So I 
Um, you know, I call myself an eclectic person because I like so much and uh, I just delve into so many things. But I have been a coach for in the spring of 2022, it will be 20 years, Oh wow! which is crazy to me. When I started coaching, people didn't know what coaching was. They only knew about sports coaches. So that's how long I've been doing this. And uh, one of my favorite things is besides coaching clients and working with my groups and doing uh, some events that I like to do, like retreats for people are, um, is the fact that I now coach coaches and teach coaches right. to be coaches and, and refine their skills and walk the talk as a coach. And so that means I have to always be doing that myself. And I'm a big personal growth, personal development person. Uh, I love it. And honestly, I think my story that we'll talk about today is really my biggest personal growth chapter and lesson and continuing <laughs> catalyst, I guess you could say in my life. So um, it's a mindset to look at it that way. And I didn't always, but um, I'm just grateful to share whatever I have learned with you today that might be helpful to people watching. Yeah, it will be incredibly helpful. I know that already. I do want to just talk about like this journey of coaching though, 20 years, I didn't realize you've been doing it that long. And um, Kim is here in Vermont, just so the listeners know, but I know you spend time in New York City and do, well, probably pre-COVID more than now, but of course with Zoom yeah. and serve people all over the world. My, which coach, are my clients are all over the world. Yeah. When I realized that back in like year, I coached for a company for seven years and then I went out on my own in 2008, which was not a great year to do that. That was the second personal growth time in my life. But um, it just is, I don't know, I forget what I was going to say about that, yeah. but it's just uh, um, amazing that it's been that long and to be. Well, this is probably how it's changed over that time. That's what I'm curious. Like, I mean, it's pre-COVID and now, I mean, you said it kind of, you got really busy around COVID time. I think a lot of coaches did, but even the awareness of coaching and the ne necessary components of it for, for me, I feel like if we're ever going to move to a preventative health model here in the United States, coaching is essential. Yes. Yeah. I think everybody should have a coach. I mean, it's an amazing modality. So yeah, when I was working for the company, it was in the real estate world and they were the, really the first people to latch on to coaching and they totally got it. But out in the world and the stock market crashed, it you know, 2008, right when I left that coaching job, it took a while to, I, I was a one person training the world about, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I would say, this is what I was going to say early on after I left that coaching job and started really gathering and all my tools and certifications and realizing like all that I had to offer and how it was so unique. Like that's the thing about coaches. Like there's no two coaches that have exactly the same stuff to bring to the table. And when I realized that in the whole universe, I even brought it to the universe, not just the world. There was no one else like me doing what I was doing and I could serve people anywhere. It, I remember like being overwhelmed emotionally when I thought about that because it was a, a pretty cool thing to think about. That is where we are. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty cool. And I know um, I follow this woman, um, Kathy 
Heller. Yeah. She's got a podcast called don't keep your day job. And it's about people having imposter syndrome, right. That, that want to follow their dreams. And it's like, there's no one as unique in what they're going to deliver as you. And there's never too many of anything, right. If your right. passion is there to do what you do. And yeah. And she also says, we're all here for a reason. And that's our job to figure out what that is. And yes. when we find it and be of service, like we, we really need to do it. We need to show up in that way. So yeah, that's what my whole theme of this month of October, every month I have a theme and uh, it's purpose and meaning. So that fits right in. But I think I'll just throw this out there. I think that our purpose first, plain and simple, is that we're here to enjoy life. And so as that is my foundation, that's what I always come back to when things seem to feel like they're getting out of control. So okay, let's just get back to center and figure out how to enjoy life right now. And then from there, we all have our different purposes. But the foundation of it, I believe, is we're not here to suffer. We're here to enjoy. And we do suffer. It's human, but we're not supposed to stay in suffering. Uh, We learn from suffering and then we move in back to enjoying. (laughs) So yeah ride those waves and find our way back to joy or enjoyment. I I do love that sometimes it does feel uh, full of struggle but let's I think that's um I also will share that um some one of my spiritual yogi teachers talks about like the guardrails of our journey and how the suffering is kind of a sort of hitting those spiritual guide rails to say like oh yep here's your lesson come on back to center right yeah yeah It saves us from the ditch, uh, for sure, (laughs) which might be a nice way to segue into um, your journey. And like, you you know, we do all have struggles that redirect us. And some of them are very unanticipated, as as I know mine was with my daughter's addiction, and I'm sure yours. Uh, Mm -hmm. We never hope for that for our children. And for me, I was pretty naive to it, uh, coming into it at many levels. So if you're... I'd love to hear how this came into your life and how, um, what you learned and anything you can share. Um, I know there's a lot of people listening that would really love to understand how to navigate uh, this challenging journey. Yeah, I love that we already talked about how unique we all are because I like to bring that into this conversation as well that the same thing could happen to Mary and the same thing could happen to me. And it means completely different things to us because we're all wired differently. So in this conversation of parenting kids who have these challenges, don't judge yourself. Don't compare yourself to how someone else is doing. Just, I wish I had really learned to feel how I felt and just know that I'm highly sensitive. Things mean a lot to me. And so they impact me really hard. Um, you know, for someone else, it may not be the case. So just know that it's okay. Your experience is your experience. So um, I, Mary said the word naive, like I was beyond naive. Like mm-hmm. when, when I found out my daughter was drinking, uh, I mean, I can't even tell you, like, I just couldn't fathom, like, I had to figure out that this is what was actually going on. And I did all the wrong things, like, that I know now, like, overreacted, panicked, um, 
I actually drove straight to her school, took her out of school in the middle of the day, made her sit in my car and started questioning her. And, um, you know, it was just uh, the, the all the wrong stuff, but I was blindsided completely okay. and wholly. I never expected this could happen to my daughter. Um, this couldn't happen to our family. You know, that that was my biggest lesson. And back in those early years, I did a lot of speaking locally at different things to to parents and even at my son's school we put together a program for the eighth graders as they were transitioning into high school so they would have some awareness and i'm telling you this community has some amazing people i'm gonna have to like try not to cry this entire yeah, time <laughs> i know i, I ah, that amazing people so i my main message to to everyone was this can happen to you. This can happen to your child. And, and now that I'm like on the side I'm on, my language is different. This can happen for you, not to you, because what I have gained, and I think if my daughter was here and willing to talk about this today, um, she would say maybe the same thing. Like I have learned so much from going through this about myself and become a better person myself. And now I can say it happened for me. But when I was at the beginning, um, you know, how is this happening to me? Why is this happening to us? Why, you know, why, why, why? And, um, and that is completely normal. Yeah. I think if I had run into some of the same support at the beginning that I eventually found, I think things could have even been more different. But you know, I worked through the regret cycle too, like that. And just knowing that things unfolded the way they did and have to have peace about that and acceptance because we know we can't go back and change the past. Yeah. And uh, my daughter has actually been very patient with me because sometimes I want to talk about like, how did you feel about this? And, and, you know, what could I have done differently? And well, I mean, thank you for sharing all of that. I, I do want to say, you know, we didn't, <laughs> there is a regret cycle. You, you mentioned that. And I, um, I'm curious about that because I also feel like we have to give ourselves permission to know that. I mean, I too felt a lot of those things. Like I realized some of my reaction was not, I mean, in the moment, I think I knew, but you know, we're also, I think we have to give ourselves permission to have been the messiest, best version of ourselves during that right. time. Right. right. Because we're grasping at at trying to get our arms around something we we just don't understand and we were we're scared we have all those emotions right right fear and vulnerability and and anger you know and just trying and, to yeah i think it's up. important not to like try to i i did this i would say don't do what i did <laughs> I, I mean, for years, tried to figure out why. Why was a big question. And in the end, I end up realizing I don't need to know why. I need to be present mm -hmm. and moving forward. And I kept going back to, well, I wanted to blame something. And mm -hmm. I don't think it's necessary to blame. It is good to look to the past to find out what you could learn from that. But mm -hmm. again, not to stay there and keep digging. I think I was digging a little too long. And you know, and, and not blaming yourself, not blaming your child. You know, we all have genes. <laughs> we all have wiring. We all have life situations. Again, back to what I said about how something might impact one 
person differently than another. Our kids have, have things happen in their lives that may not seem like a big deal, but to them, it was hard. And I think that was the case for our daughter. I know mm-hmm. it was the case. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there's no place to have it be worthwhile to go back and blame and try to, you know, recreate the past. I know yeah. there are some therapies that actually work with that. So in that setting, probably yes, but just for us in general, ruminating over what went wrong, what went wrong, what went wrong is not going to be helpful for you or your child. And so that blame thing and and regret is normal, but not to stay there. (laughs) Right, right. Like any of those things, we want to lean into them and learn maybe what we can, right, to do the next right thing. Right. Right. Um, So, yeah. So if you want to just tell us how, um, so you had your first reaction, which you're, you're talking about, like how you reacted and then how did, but how did you learn to move through that? Like what? what, what helped you? Yeah. Well, your feet nothing, under you. nothing helped me for the first couple of years, uh, until I found Al-Anon. Mm. And before that, what I was noticing is I was trying to talk to all my friends and, mm-hmm. and I was in yoga teacher training during part of this mm-hmm. time too, which mm-hmm. turns out to be a blessing. I was in yoga one day, um, doing a twist and a voice came to my head that said, yoga will save your life. I've never put that on a recording before, but, (laughs) but I heard that and I felt it and I was like, wow. And so I did yoga teacher training really for myself to Mm. expand my knowledge. And I was matched up with two amazing people as partners and they were such good listeners. I mean, I probably wore people out because I, I was a person that didn't hold things in. I talked about this, but what you start to realize is when you're talking to people who haven't been through this, their advice is not valid because Mm. they can't relate and they think you should be doing this and they think you should be doing that. And, you know, mostly their advice, though, well-meaning and caring for you is not correct. Mm. And so I think you have to know to go to the right places. So at one point, uh, I decided to go to Al-Anon because my daughter and I talked about um, she wanted to get better. Like she wanted to be healthy. Mm-hmm. And um, and so we talked about I would go to Al-Anon and she would go to AA and we would both go find out how to help her. And then we would come back together and figure it out. And I even dropped her off there <laughs> and went to my meeting, picked her back up. But what I found out Quickly, people at Al-Anon are so good about being direct and just telling it like it is. I was was gently told, but directly told that that Al-Anon was for me, not for her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I don't need help. She needs help. Like right. I'm crying just like I am right now. Like, like yeah. uh, what are we thinking here? Yeah. So um, it was the best thing I ever did. It's been four years. I think it'll be in January four years that I will not miss my meeting. And it, what it's, what it does for me is, um, whew, sorry. Yeah. Uh, a lot experience, of strength here. and hope experience, yeah. strength oh. and hope. And that's what you hear there. And you some days are the experience, strength and hope for the other people. And then some days you're a wreck and then you hear other people talk and they're that for you. And I, it, as much personal development, coaching, right? Like since I was 19, 18, I've been 
working on personal self-improvement. I just love reading and learning and growing. But Al-Anon was a whole other level. I mean, we talk about character defects. <laughs> mm. Like who talks about that? I had never heard that term before. And, I, and now I love it. Like when I mm. find a new character defect in myself, I'm like, oh, there's another one. I can work on that. Um, but it is very, so, so what I've really learned is that I needed to work on myself. I needed to mm. do the work. And when you start to do the work, you start noticing a lot of people aren't doing the work. And so that to me is the hardest thing is when you're deep in doing the work and committed to it is you may have different people in your life. You may have different people go out of your life. Um, You, you think differently when you start to really work on this and it's hard. It's not easy looking back like the, the childhood thing, like what happened to me when I was a child and how is it impacting me now? And how is it impacting my parenting? Um, those are all really like not fun things to dig into. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and so having support, but the, but what you start to realize is the other side of that is freedom. So you go through this really hard stuff And for years, I mean, like last year, I thought I had already done all this stuff. Last year, I did another deep dive. Mm. The other day, I started to think about the things that happened during this time when our daughter was having these challenges. Um, And and not to say that she won't have them forever, but, you know, right now everything's good, right? But, you know, you have to know that it comes in waves and to just let it come up again. But I was surprised it still comes up and it's still, you know, it's still traumatic. But, um, yeah. I thought it does take me by surprise sometimes uh, too, is that I think I've healed something and then I can get triggered by, um, you know, something going on in my life or I have four, you know, I have my daughter's four children. So sometimes as things come up, they're coming into teenage years. I realize. Yeah, there's, I mean, I, there's a lot that still is residue in there. And um, yeah. yeah, I love, I love what you're sharing about Al-Anon. And I'll be honest, I have not gone to Al-Anon. Um, I, I want to, and I just recently am reaching out about that, mostly because I had the, the children, to be honest, I got my therapy and did my ditty, but I didn't, you know, I didn't think I had time. And now I guess with Zoom, everything seems more achievable. But, right. but thank you, because it sounds incredibly powerful. And I, I love that you're bringing forward that idea. It's not, again, I also want to say this, that when you went, you said you were kind of moved by the fact that like that you had your work to do and it, and, um, and not in a way to say that you fed into your daughter's addiction or that I fed into mine, right. Only how we're being with it and responding to it and other things in our lives too, I would imagine, right. Through Mm -hmm. Al-Anon. Well, and, and so I would say this, um, (laughs) I don't think it's any coincidence that once I started working on my stuff and doing my work that my daughter started to get better. Mm. I don't take the blame for her doing what she did. I don't take the credit for her success. Um, but I, Brad Reedy, uh, I'll spell his name R E E D Y. He is evoke therapies. And he says the best thing any parent can do to help their child is do their own work. Mm-hmm. And I see that that played out. And I think it would have helped me. Would I change like 
sitting on the front steps of her apartment, waiting hours for her to come home Mm -hmm. to make sure she was okay. I think I still would have done those things because she's my kid. Mm -hmm. And I think I would have done all the like crazy things maybe, but I would have been feeling differently about it. I wouldn't have been in panic mode. I wouldn't have traumatized myself maybe because I would have had a different mindset about it. Um, Mm -hmm. Would I have still looked for her? And by the way, yes, she tells me today that she, at the time, she was so angry that I would do those things. And now she tells me she's so happy that I did because Mm -hmm. she knew that I cared about her. Yeah. And so I don't know if I would rewrite the things, but I would rewrite my internal approach. And so that's why having that, and, and by the way, I probably should say this on recording, but like one of the things about Al-Anon is they say, it's not about promotion. (laughs) It's like, there's an invitation to come. So kind of what I'm doing today sounds like promotion, but it's such an important part of my story. It may be for you. It may not be for you. um, But it has made a huge impact in my life and the people I've met there like some of my best friends, it's been for maybe it's going to be five years. I have lost track. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's just, you meet people that are just really important to you. Um, I will, if it's okay, Mary, I just want to mention Brad Reedy because he has two books yeah. that I wish I had had way back then. And I even have read them now. And I listen to his podcast, Evoke Therapy podcast all the time because it still helps me in supporting my own recovery. And I guess that's something we didn't actually say yet today, but we think our kids are in recovery, but we are also in recovery. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to be in recovery for a long, long time because this stuff really impacted me. Mm -hmm. When I wake up in the morning, I have to work with myself every day. I, I do, I'm a hopeful person. So I do look forward to the day where that's not the case, but I wake up thinking, oh, you know, I'm panicked. Like before my conscious brain starts thinking I am my physical body, the cells in my body believe they have to be ready for what's going to happen that day. Mm. And that came from like waking up and going, is she going to be here or what's going to be going on today? And so I can work through it pretty fast, but it's real and it's still there. But he has two books. One is called The Journey of the Heroic Parent, Mm. which I mean, you it's it's hard, you guys. Like, I'm not going to say this is easy and you're going to read that book and it's all going to be better. You have to do the work. The work is where it's at. But that book is very like to the point. And I believe in his um his information. And then the second one is called the audacity to be you. And again, it's about like you being your own person. Like that's the best thing that you can do for your kid Mm -hmm. is to show them you're living life, you're loving life, you're engaging in your things, you're letting them have your path or their path. Um, you know, cause that's a, that's a big thing is the serenity prayer is so important to me. Mm-hmm. And just through Al-Anon, I learned a higher level of not controlling and not pushing my agenda, but letting my kids choose their kids are smart. Now the kids that are born into this world these days yeah. are, they know stuff way beyond what we ever knew. And they're mm-hmm. so smart. And so to let them have their own path and to make their own choices 
in a much different way than we were parented mm-hmm. and not to just carry forward the way we were parented and try to plaster it. And then a lot of times we're trying to make up for, we didn't have this in our childhood. So we want to make darn sure our kids have it mm-hmm. and they don't want it. Like that's mm-hmm. not what, instead find out what does your child want and mm-hmm. feed that instead of trying to make up for your childhood wounds, find out what, is important. Sorry, I have to keep wiping my nose. Okay. Okay. So that's those two books um, are just really helpful. And I would listen to them, but also get the actual book and highlight and underline because there's a lot of stuff there. Um, mm-hmm. But listening to his, his podcast, you're going to hear some foreign stuff that you're going to be like, wow, I just never looked at it that way. But mm-hmm it's powerful. So I know I just said a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, it's so incredibly (laughs) helpful. I think just to realize the trauma, I think just to acknowledge how traumatic this is um, for those of us um, on the parenting side, or if you're, it's a family member of yours and that a hundred percent, like we have to pull away at some point and take care of ourselves. And really that's the most we can do, right? Because then we can Mm -hmm. show up. Um, as we want to, and to interface with, you know, the waves of our child, or I think uh, you've probably found also that everyone in your life, right, you begin to realize how little control we have over so much. And that maybe that's a good, you know, it's, it's kind of like, I kind of look at it like grace shows up to say, actually, you're not responsible for everybody's outcome. It's amazing, right? right? You learn yeah. that the only one you're responsible for is yourself. Yeah. And, that is it. and actually, it even has made me a better coach. Mm-hmm. Because sure. you know, in the early days, I just always wanted so much for people. And I, I can see like, one of the reasons I'm a great coach is that I see that the person's potential and I believe in it, mm-hmm. but sometimes I would believe in it more than they did. Mm-hmm. And that was really hard for me. And just now like really embracing, letting people have their own pace and their own mm-hmm. path and, and encouraging, cause that's what I'm good at. I can encourage and I can support and I can ask the right questions, but not to, you know, want something so much for someone else, whether it's a coaching client or anyone in life, like You know, we can think that we have all the right answers for people and why their life isn't working, but I've let go of all that now. And it's so, now I just put it back on myself. Like, okay, what what do I want to do? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, I think as women, as mothers, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's work we all have to do to a Mm -hmm. certain extent, I think, just because as you said, what used to fit in the past no longer fits today. And not only that, but like we're empowering people, our children included, to to live their journey, you know? Yeah. And to own it. Yeah. So So I lost the talk. Yeah, we do. And and I also like how you say, oh, I thought I was there, but I wasn't. And I, I think of the journey that we're on, not so different, as you said, than our children's or loved ones' journeys. And that like the further down the road we get, the same, the ditch is the same distance from the road, right? Yeah. Yeah. I like that analogy, which just inspires us to continue to, to do the work, right? Exactly. Yes. Yes, exactly. And just to keep looking forward, like now I'm at this point where I don't want to keep, you know, if something comes up from the past, then just to, I feel, I look at it like it's trying to release. So let's just let it release, but not to spend time there on purpose anymore. Mm -hmm. Just 
really trying to think about being present because my Mm -hmm. whole thing is now about the future and I can get afraid of what's going to happen. I better be ready. So that was Mm -hmm. my next phase. It wasn't about the past anymore. So now I'm like, yeah, okay, let's just be in today. Like, let's just be in this moment right now, instead of Mm -hmm. even thinking about what's going to happen next. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just taking away so much worry. I'm a warrior by trade (laughs) by by cells. My great grandmother was a hoarder. Uh, Mm. didn't know what that was back then, but now we know, because we see it on TV, um, (laughs) a lot of anxiety, my grandmother, a lot of anxiety, um, you know, and so it comes down through the family. I mean, these things get passed down, like these ways yeah. of being. And I think that, um, you know, that's just always some good work to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, I also just want to circle back to this sense of community and the importance that it is to sort of find your tribe, yeah. <laughs> so to speak, which you found through Al-Anon. And I'll just say, I think um, I, I I really, I'm not just saying this because you're on, I, uh, Al-Anon has been on my mind as the next step for me. I think I did a lot, of, I've done a lot of this work through my yoga, through my um, my therapy that I've had, but I, I do, um, as you said, that sense of community is so important. And um, sometimes it's not the tribe we thought we'd have, yeah. right? I um, sit in that meeting, it's Saturday yeah. mornings, and I'm like, these are people I would never have known in a million years. And I love them all so much. Like now we're on Zoom, like you said, you see the people on the screen, and it just makes you feel good because you're like, this is a family that and you, you know, the thing is, you show up and you belong, no matter who you are, it's anonymous, you don't use your last name, you, you just you could have be looking, however, you could be having a good day, a bad day, whatever, like you're just, you're just loved in a certain way, just because you show up. And that's all it is. And there aren't that many places in life where that's that way that we're not being judged that we're not having to be on alert that we have to pretend to be something we're not like you just be yourself, Mm -hmm. and show up and you're accepted. And Mm -hmm. that that environment of acceptance is just very powerful, I think, for all of us. And you said something, Mary, that I think it's so true. Like we, at at some level, everyone needs to do this work. It's not just Mm -hmm. if, you know, you had a child or someone in your family, like I think, I wish there was an Al-Anon for everyday life. (laughs) For everybody. Everybody could use a coach. Everybody could go to therapy. Everyone can do this work. Like there's good stuff. I mean, you do start to, Brad Reedy also says this thing. I'm not going to say it right, but something like once you start to do the work, you realize like you signed up for something hard, but you start to look forward to it. Like I said, when I find a new character defect, but if you decide not to do the work, then it's just hard. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so and true. So like you do yeah. get the consequence of not doing the work. Like it's still hard to do the work, but you also get the reward mm-hmm. of getting through things. Mm-hmm. And um and it's the best thing I've ever done. And so that's why I now can say when I look back, I'm thankful to my daughter 
she has taught me more than anybody else. Mm -hmm. And she's led me to things that took me to the next level, which I think you'll find too, Mary, like we all, you're like me, just personal growth and the yoga and doing so Mm -hmm. much, but it's a whole nother level, another, Mm -hmm. that's my Vermont. (laughs) It's another level uh, that you just don't realize is there until you Mm -hmm. are willing to go and dig into it. And that's a big word for me is willing. I use that word a lot. Like nothing happens unless you're willing Mm -hmm. to do it and um, to be open and sometimes it doesn't feel like you have the capacity, I think, um, is also kind of what I'm thinking. I'm thinking back to those moments early on when you're just, it's so raw, mm-hmm. you know, and you're, there's so much shame. Even as a parent, you feel the shame of having allowed this to happen to your child. Right, you know, that's right. your immediate. You, had, you think you had some control over it. Like, yeah. I allowed this to happen. <laughs> yeah. And so then I also want to move right into like, you were in a really vulnerable place and what you chose to do was to go out in public and talk about it. Like that's pretty courageous. I have to say. I think uh, I wasn't, I think I was in that place of um, still not thinking that much back then, Mm. (laughs) but I knew it felt unjust Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I didn't want it to happen to other families, so yeah. I thought so incredible. That just fills my heart. <laughs> like to be in that such a vulnerable place and just immediately think, like, how can I help other people to not have to have this arrive? Yeah, for I them. wanted people to know. I'm like, and, yeah. and I wasn't afraid of like people saying, "Oh, how, you know," like the judgment didn't. Yeah. Yeah. But if I could help somebody and I'm sure that I helped somebody, I don't know, you know, if I ever find out that for sure, but I feel like I did. And just gathering that group of people together that also were willing to help. I was at a meeting at the hospital one day for community leaders and they were talking about it was something to do with something that was going on in the community. And I raised my hand at the end and I said, I want to put together this group to, you know, do something for, for my son's school. And like, I mean, the people that said they would help, they were, you know, people who are the busiest people you can imagine mm-hmm. leaders in our community. And we all mm-hmm. sat at a table at the hospital and came up with a plan and That's people beautiful. showed up. So I think that's the other thing is it empowers, if you're willing to let it, it can empower you. And that becomes part of your purpose, right? Like part of my purpose now is anybody who wants to talk to me about how to help themselves through this kind of situation. I'm a resource now. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just great. Yeah. And And I do. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I do have people reach out to me. I, I just got a, a, a long message this weekend from someone whose da- sister's struggling with the daughter who just had a baby that's struggling and what to do. And, you know, I don't know about you, but the first thing I do is I say, are you taking care of yourself? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. I mean, I mean, because the journey's hard. Like I, I can't sugarcoat it. Like if people are already in it, it's like, okay, hold on. Cause I thought it was 28 days. And it was certainly wasn't <laughs> 10 years it's later. Um, and then I also just, I don't know, it's, it's, everyone has to get to the stages when they do, but sometimes parents just need a reassurance that you're doing the best. You know, you've done this, this, and this, well, 
you know, that's all you can do. It might not be what you, what they want to hear. Cause there's no right. magic pixie right. dust here. I know but people do want some magic answers. Yeah. And it's always about take care of yourself. What are you doing for yourself? And, um, and I love what you said, Mary, it's to, to just have grace and love and acceptance for the person who you were as this unfolded and even up to this minute that we're that you're hearing this today just because you only know what you know and you only have the capacity you have and that was that was all you got like just give yourself the grace to know that you are always doing the best you could in any of those moments and you know it's true so just to remind yourself of that and know like now you have new awareness today and today you can make a different choice even though it's hard and and so you just take it from there. But um, you also mentioned the therapy. And I would say mm-hmm. that I highly recommend that. I mean, yeah. like the, the best thing is having a coach and a therapist, both mm-hmm. yep. and going to some kind of support program, whatever co- community wraps people around you, whatever is appropriate mm-hmm. for you. But it, this is a hard world we live in mm-hmm. without all this other stuff right? Mm -hmm. It's just, it's hard. And so we combat it by putting positive. And if you study positive psychology at all, you see like, there's a ratio, like for like three negative things that happen, you need eight positive things Mm -hmm. to counteract that. But we can get the negative things just walking around in life, right? Mm -hmm. Like we don't have to go looking for those, those show Mm -hmm. up, but the positives, we have to put our antenna up and we have to be looking, okay, where am I going to find my eight things? Maybe someone says something to me, you know, that's positive and nice. Well, there's one. So some things we don't look to, but um, we have to, we have to be on purpose about the balance there because it's not 50, 50. We have that comes in piles and work on that. Yeah. Um, As you said, like we have this negativity bias, you know, you talked about your worry, you know, we're just, it's a natural defense mechanism. And, um, and so that's why we talk about practices of gratitude of this idea of contentment. I've been sort of playing with lately. And it's, it's really just noticing in your day when you have moments of sort of a little feeling of happiness for no particular reason, even. Yes. Yeah. And then if you sort of put your intention on noticing that, I mean, I got to the end of that first day and I was like, well, I have quite a bit to be content. I'm like, actually a lot of things showed up in my day, but if we're not looking for them, we'll just move right by them. Find what you're looking for. Yeah. And if you start to think a lot about how things aren't good, you just see more evidence of that. Yeah. And so it does take work to shift that. And, and then when you find yourself doing it, you don't beat up on yourself. You don't get mad at yourself. You just go, Oh, I was doing it again. Just notice, let it go and shift your focus. It's like meditation. Every time your mind wanders, you go, Oh, it wandered. I come back again. Come back. So um, you <laughs> nicely, know, I, you nicely invite it back. And I'm like, uh. <laughs> yeah. although we tend to do that. I also just want to say you and I are several years into this journey and, and, you know, my daughter's struggling right now. Yours isn't, but it's something we'll walk beside in this lifetime, Mm -hmm. Um, but we're doing okay. I think we, we do, do both have a pretty positive outlook and hopeful and have tried to find the gifts within this. And, and I, your journey is just helping people see that. But I also want us to both acknowledge how hard this was in the beginning, how we didn't think we'd get through a day right? How it was like walking through fire. Devastating. I mean, I, 
I have, I'm going to show you, this is the chair, the orange chair. Yeah. <laughs> I would sit there some days and an hour would go by and I would have just been sitting there, like not contemplating anything. Like I was checked out, lost. And I would go, okay, I have to do something. I was so overwhelmed that I was stopped yeah. and that was never like me in my life mm -hmm. ever. So I, it was it was overwhelming. Like yeah. I did that for a couple of years. Like I just did the best I could. People saw the best of me, put my best foot forward. But when I was exhausted, I guess mm -hmm. that would be it. I like, I would sit there and I was just like, I can't do anything. Like mm -hmm. I just can't do anything. Mm -hmm. And so it does get better. So whoever's watching this at the beginning, experience strength and hope coming at you because it does get better. But um, lots of love to you because at the beginning it does take you, but I don't think anyone expects it. Like, I don't mm -hmm. know that we would ever find somebody that would say, Oh yeah, I was ready. I knew this was going to happen. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and if you're doing that, don't, because we don't want to attract what we don't want. And you know, <laughs> then we have, our son is in a, he's a completely different guy. So mm -hmm. again, it comes back to like parent your child and who they are. Like it would have been really easy for me to be a different parent than I am to our son because of what we've been through. But I learned enough in my own personal growth to, to treat him as himself mm -hmm. and let him have his path and not try to say, I know you're going to be going down the same path. So yeah. I'm putting the lockdown on and I'm doing this and I'm doing, no, I didn't do any of that. Only so he's younger. He's younger. He's younger. Yeah. yeah. Can we just talk about so can let's talk about that for a minute, because once I do think this is important for people, once you have a, one child that struggles, how do you and it does. I mean, let's also acknowledge how that changes the fabric of your family. Right. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. you know, and what we feel for the other siblings that have to also walk beside. I have talked to a mother. She hasn't come on, but she said one of her children moved away because she's like, you're it's all about you know, her sister, like our family right. so wrapped in that. So like, how do we keep a balance of, of some semblance of the new normal? Um, how do we talk openly and honestly in a way that doesn't, like you said, parent them like with from a place of fear, but mm -hmm. is it more like a, a, from a place of knowing and, and being open communication? Can you talk a little I think, bit about that? I mean, again, I'm not an expert only on my own. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. I will say true. that the, I think, so he's five years younger and we were, we never hid anything. We never, we talked about all of it. He, you know, had his own journey with her and being angry with her and mm -hmm. not understanding and wanting her to stop. And, um, you know, he, but they have a great relationship now. And I think we, that was our biggest, best move was we just somehow, again, like I said, at the beginning, I don't take credit for him either for what he's doing. Right. Um, we once went to see a specialist and they wanted the whole family to come and we each had to fill out a form, including him. And when we got there, <laughs> They said, okay, to me, you're going in and to my husband, you're going in and to our daughter, you're going in and to him, my son, you can stay out here because you're all, you're okay. Like oh. somehow. So this is what I want to say. Like our kids are different. Like mm -hmm. they are, again, he's wired differently. He has a different personality. He came into this world 
him and mm-hmm. this isn't his thing. And so, and he's good. So let your kids be good if they're good. Like I could have messed him up, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I just, I just didn't. And again, I don't take credit. I don't know why it turned out okay, but I just decided that I was going to trust him and, mm-hmm. and, and be open. And it, I know it was a good decision. So mm-hmm. I just, I just know it was. So I have to believe part of that was just that you were doing that work for yourself. So you had Absolutely. some surrender around that. You if I hadn't under- been doing the work, yeah. I know, I know a million times over, I would have, would have been a, not a good parent for him. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. my daughter said to me, even a few times she goes, mom, you're a good mom, but you're just not, not the right mom for me. Oh. <laughs> and she, I think was trying to tell me to do something different too, even though Mm. she knew I was doing it out of love. She knew that it was all, you know, like she knew in my heart, but the way I was doing it just wasn't working for her. Yeah. I wasn't able at that time to make sense of that. Yeah. Now I totally can make sense of it. Right. Which is a tough balance. Like I have a lot of parents say to me, like they have, they're concerned. Um, but they kind of feel like they're walking on eggshells because someone that's under the influence of substances lays this really nice foundation that makes people uncomfortable to get close and ask the real questions. Like it's intentional. Um, and so there is that balance. Like it's good. Your daughter could verbalize that, but also at the same time, I'm just saying this to the mothers, you also like take a deep exhale, right. And, and, and you have get help. And so you understand where you're operating from, but also know that what you feel and what you instinctively probably suspect is going on is probably accurate, mm-hmm. right? And that the daughter yeah. or son, you know, and love just can't be honest with you at that point in time. Right? And I think we haven't said this yet, but to remember that it is an illness yeah. and they can't stop. Like when, when Mary says, you know, they're, they're telling you this, or they're setting this up as a foundation. It's the illness that's doing it. Mm -hmm. It's not them. They can't help it. I mean, it's the same as someone having diabetes. They, they can't decide not to have it one day, Mm -hmm. right? Like they Mm -hmm. have it. It's the same thing. And so when we start viewing this as a disease, the way it should be viewed, it takes on a whole different thing. Like we want our kids to stop. Like that was me at the beginning. Just stop, just stop. Mm -hmm. She couldn't stop. It Mm -hmm. wasn't like she was choosing. Mm -hmm. It it all had to do with her wiring and, and what was going on with her and her own personal traumas, which I found out some later that I didn't know about. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so you just have to remember it's a disease and they can't just stop. Yeah. I think the one thing that I, would say is just, you know, at some point I realized uh, I needed to let Caitlin know that I forgave her. Like I, all of a sudden it was just like, we were sitting in the kitchen one day and I was like, oh, well, wait, I forgive you. Like I didn't, I didn't even think about it, but suddenly it came out of nowhere that she needed to hear that. Aww. You know, so that's one thing. I don't know if that, I've done that. So I'm going to have to think about that one. Yeah. She, and the, I know I've asked her to forgive me. times. <laughs> Because I think that sense of worthiness becomes really hard um, yeah. for them. And that's what perpetuates along with these physiological, you know, dopamine, 
pulls and all all the the disease component of it is that that sense of of worthiness um, and deserving becomes really hard. So if we can at least say unconditionally, and I say this to her all the time, it's unconditional love. I love you without condition, you know, Um, sometimes I have to do it from a distance. Right. um, And I have to set healthy boundaries. But the love in my feeling, you know, of your worthiness is always here. I just pray that you can find, you know, that sense of worthiness for yourself to find your way into recovery, because it's so wrapped in so many layers. But I think any shame we give them on top of the shame they're already feeling, just know they're feeling that shame, no matter how much it doesn't seem it at times. Once I finally learned, I mean, it wasn't complicated. It was just make sure she knows that I love her no matter what. And Mm -hmm. I always made sure like every day I texted her, I love you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or if I talked to her Um, and that I was there for her if she ever decided she needed me. So I put the information out. So those two things and that was it. And I had to go, okay, that's what I can put out now. Let's go work on your own life. Yeah, And, you know, that was a big deal just to let her know if your child knows you love them and they know that you're there for them. She, she showed up eventually and she wanted the help because she knew she could come for it. Yeah. There is that, that, um, toggling point though, of enabling versus helping. And so when we're saying, um, when you're ready for help, I'm here, right. Mm -hmm. But the boundary is our win. If we're going to start walking this line where, Um, you know, the boundaries are getting crossed because I'm accepting, you know, that this is the way, you know, it's a fine line between that is all I'm I'm saying. So you have to sort of feel your way to that. And when, you know, when my daughter, when my daughter was using, because I had the children, she just couldn't come to the house. And at one point she thought that was the worst thing in the world. When she was in recovery, she said it was the biggest gift that I could have given her. Right, right, right. Because their brains are in a different place. Right. But it's so hard. And they'll certainly make you feel like you're the worst person in the world. So Mm -hmm. the work uh, that Kimberly's talking about, it's so much about you coming into yourself and listening to yourself and not um, the addict or the person. Right. So you don't take it all so personally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That was, that was me all the way. Everything she said, I took it so hard. And then when I finally started realizing this is the disease talking, not her, Mm -hmm. um, she and I are super close now. And, um, and I'm just so thankful. We spent a whole bunch of COVID time. She came back home, Mm -hmm. um, because she was in New York city and it wasn't a great place to be, but, Mm -hmm. um, there was a time along the way when I thought, Oh, I I'll never have my daughter again. Mm-hmm. Like it, she will just never have a relationship. And I was mm-hmm. sure that, that that was going to be that. And so I guess there, there's some more hope to share that. Yeah, it, it is possible. It is possible that, yeah. I mean, now we have the best real, I feel like I got do over time. That's what nice. I called it all during last year, nice. <laughs> even to That's her, so I would say this is do over time. Cause we lost a lot of time mm. uh, that we missed out on a lot. You know, so there's mm-hmm. all that grieving too, to do like yeah. what you thought things were going to be like, <laughs> let go of that. Let go of that, like, right. But, but also let yourself grieve it because it's real, not don't push it down. I'm a big fan of, and I'm sure Mary is too. Like when things are upsetting me now, I've learned to write them. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm my therapist. So I can speak it out loud. I have a few of my good friends uh, who understand this 
what what goes on and I can speak it to them, but I don't want to wear them out. And then write. I just write, yeah. write, write it out and get it out of me because the worst thing you can do is hold it in. Yeah. And um it just will fester and things are gonna happen. You're, As we say wrong. in yoga, your issues are in your tissues. So yeah, you gotta the get them out of there. Will be in your tissues. Yeah. You gotta <laughs> your get mind, them out of your there. body and your soul. So yeah. you just want to really get it keep it coming out. Yeah. and talk to, to good people. But yeah, I, and that's why I appreciated talking to Mary that day when, when we were set up on our first yeah. conversation. Yeah. I mean, it's just good to find people who understand yeah. what you're going through. Your friends do mean well, my friends were, they tried so hard to support me, but they just, they can't if they haven't been through it. So just, you know, find there are people out there they're all all over. Yeah. And give yourself, I remember, give yourself permission, I think also in how you want to show up in the world. And I'm going to say, and I've done this from time to time, but I do remember you reaching out to me one day. I couldn't help you out that day, but you were like, I can't teach yoga. Like I'm just not in any place to be teaching today, you know? And so sometimes we're just, this depletes us and we need to do like, listen to the healer series. I've had every single one is like rest. And if it's not because of this, it's because of COVID, because we're all like little exhausted by this journey. So as women, as mothers listening, rest. And as fathers, as everyone, I think we all need to give ourselves permission. It's so underrated. Resting is so, all of us have our nervous systems are right on the edge. Yeah. And, or they were, and they need to heal. And resting is a huge, huge piece of that. Yeah. And yoga can really help and breathing. Uh, highly underrated yes. learning how to breathe the right way. Basics, the basics. And <laughs> so when you said like, when you had that message, when you said yoga can save you, I just like, it moved me to tears because I feel like yoga has saved me. It moves me yes. to tears just to say yeah. that. And I feel like yoga can save the world quite honestly, because it is really a, just about a coming home to yourself. Absolutely. And this universal unconditional love, you know? Yeah, it's a beautiful and I'm still thing. And I'm still doing the classes through Laughing River um, virtually. Yeah. And I still feel that same thing. It's like I hear the, vo- the voice, Emily, I always take yes. Emily. I hear yeah. her voice, my eyes are closed and I'm like right there. And so if people still aren't sure about going, like I just think yoga is so... Ah, it's like, it's I'm a, just having a big breath, just thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a beautiful community. If we want to talk more about community, it's a beautiful community to be a part of. Exactly. So, yeah. And the so, last thing I will say is like, yeah. So I do a million things to take yeah. care of myself. Like mm-hmm. a doctor the other day said, well, let's talk about stress relief. I said, I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> <laughs> I have a list as long as my arm, like I do everything. And it might seem like, well, how many things do I have to do? You might have to do a lot of things because this is hard. Um, but that's okay. Just do everything, you know, just keep trying everything, do everything. You may have a whole, you know, don't feel guilty. If you're getting a massage, um, you're taking a walk in the middle of the day, you're whatever it is you're doing, your, your quilt, your tapestry of things, that you do um it's necessary like Mm. it's so necessary so just you know figure out what yours is but there's there are a lot of things and you might have to do a lot of them yeah because you got to keep your light going and then when you do like kimberly has then she just pivots and shines it out in the world right and that's what we need 
And so yeah. just think of it as you're helping everyone. You know, you really well, it's are. True. That's why they say to true. help yourself first, because you can't help your child in a full and, and honest and healthy way if you're a wreck. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. That's the so true. We could have just said that. And that <laughs> <laughs> no, you shared so much wisdom and thank you so much for the resources. We will list them. Um, in the show notes and people, um, how can people find you though? Like you're doing amazing work. I don't know if you're working one-on-one or just teaching, but tell, just tell the listeners how they could find you and what you offer. I always have a few one-on-one spots. Sometimes there's a short waiting list, but I can usually get people in, in a reasonable amount of time. I do a lot of group work, um, for companies around character strengths. I do a lot of work with strengths. Um, and just living your best life. I do business coaching, but it always comes down to like the whole life picture. So we aren't just Mm. talking about business. We do everything. And I put on retreats. I have one coming up in November and lots of other little different things that I love to do. Um, But you can find me at KimberlyDubrule.com, D-U-B-R-U-L. And on Instagram, which is my favorite, it's just at Kimberly Dubrule, or I have another site called Your Year of Transformation, which is the name of my eventual book that has been being written for a long time. And it was going to be written last year in New York City, and then everything changed. So I ended up writing a different book last year for coaches. (laughs) So that one is coming. But your year of transformation, that was the original name of my coaching business, because I just believe in the power of giving yourself a whole year Mm. to work on yourself and go you can go to another level it's it's been when I did my first coaching job people had to sign a contract for a year so I was able to see what happened in a year and it's tremendous so that's awesome that's what I'm up to and that's where you can find me thank you so (laughs) much for having me Mary it's it's been great to I haven't talked about these things with anyone in a while yeah uh, I hope that it will serve someone who's watching or listening I absolutely um, know it will yeah. Is there one, like, as we wrap up, you've shared so much, but I always like to say, is there one little nugget that you'd like to leave the uh, listeners with? If you could pull uh, one thing out of the air. I would be proud of me to, to hear me say this, but do your work, do mm. your own work, work on yourself, give that gift to the world of you having worked on yourself and, and know it's a, the rest of your life journey, but Hey, if you're here to be doing it, then that's something to celebrate. <laughs> Mm, I love that. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mary. Yeah.